Hi, welcome to another episode of Serendipity Girl, Discovering Good and God. I'm your host, Colleen, and I'm on a quest to discover and celebrate things that are positive, true, excellent, and praiseworthy, which inspire me to gratitude. Now, this first part of the show I like to call Epicurean Adventures. It's the part of the show where I randomly select a recipe, try it out, and report back to you. I've been making my way through Joanna Gaines' Magnolia Table, Volume 1. And this week, my finger fell open to the page that had two recipes on it. So, of course, I made both. Because they go together. Beef stew with jalapeno cornbread. Mmm, yum. Now, Joanna likes to let this simmer all day long, which, of course, you can. Um, on the stove. You could probably also use a crock pot. I chose to start it in the Instant Pot because the Instant Pot really does a good job with getting things like celery and carrot to get tender faster because there's nothing worse than crunchy carrots and celery in a soup. So I enjoyed this stew, maybe not as much as the burgers. The burgers that she made, the Gaines Brother Burger, is my number one favorite recipe in that book. But the beef stew was good and the jalapeno cornbread was good. I enjoyed the addition of jalapenos and corn and pimentos. I think I would put less corn in it next time. Speaking of bread, did you know these following fun facts about bread? Maybe Oprah knows because she and I both love bread. I love that commercial if you saw it a few years ago when she was... um, pushing Weight Watchers. She still, I think she owns Weight Watchers now and calls it Wellness Wins. But either way, uh, she loved bread and was just carrying on. There were so many fun parodies of that, but I digress. So here's some fun bread facts for you bread lovers out there. How long do you think it takes for a combine to harvest enough wheat to make about 70 loaves of bread? If you said under 10 seconds, you would be right. That is crazy fast. Okay, you National Banana Bread lovers, February 23rd is your day. It is National Banana Bread Day. And my favorite banana bread has pineapple in it. It's called Hawaiian Banana Bread. It's a Southern Living recipe. Really good. Okay, now I'm getting hungry. And if you love sourdough bread, April 1st, yes, April 1st, no foolin', is your day to celebrate all things sourdough Now, this fact amazes me. How much bread do you think an average American consumes a year? If you said 53 pounds of bread, ding, ding, you were right. Can you imagine? 53 pounds of bread is what the average American consumes. You know, we love bread, and bread is in every culture all over the world. Ancient cultures as well. I think they know from artifacts where bread, wheat, grain was buried with Egyptians, I believe. Uh, Don't quote me on that, but I believe I heard that. And I know that um, bread is pretty much a staple in most every culture around the world. And everyone loves bread. They really, really do. And the farmers, there's some fun things here. The farmers only get, at the time that this website was printed, printed, did you hear me? We don't print websites, but you know what I mean. Farmers only receive five cents for each loaf of bread sold. Now here's a fun tradition about bread from Scandinavia. The tradition holds that if a boy and a girl eat from the same loaf, 
they are bound to fall in love. So I can just see some of these Scandinavian girls, you know, baking bread. Maybe this is why there is so much bread, because people hold (laughs) hold to this tradition. It's like, please eat my bread, marry me. Uh, In Russia, bread and salt are symbols of welcome. Which one do you think I would like to get if I came to your house? Bread or salt? I don't know. I guess I would want the bread, but imagine food without salt. Okay, that's kind of growing on me. But if I had to choose one, I'm not going to choose salt. I'm going to choose the bread. So I really like this. The word companion. If you take that word, the etymology of that word, companion, it comes from two Latin words that literally mean with bread. So what is companion? It is someone that you are close enough to that you have broken bread with, you've eaten, you've fellowshiped with them. And if you think about it, meals are a wonderful way for people to break down walls and get to know each other. And what is at most of these meals? Bread, which is why the word companion came to symbolize friendship and hospitality. So that's some fun facts about bread. And when I think about it, in the Bible, Jesus used bread a lot as an object lesson. He said in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. And I don't think he just meant whole wheat or white bread, which they probably didn't have because they didn't have the ability to make white bread, I don't think, to mill the flour like that. But um, he was talking about food because bread was such a part of the diet. I think the term 70% of the diet was was bread. And so he said, give us this day our daily bread, our daily food. And they would all have understood what that meant, that it wasn't just bread, it was actual food. He also said, after he fed 5,000 people, and that was just the men, with a few loaves of bread and some fish, so he really fed more than that with just a few loaves of bread and fish, he stood up, I think, the following day and said, I am the bread of life. And he's like, you guys have been coming to me for bread because you saw me do these miracles. But hey, you're missing it here. I am the bread of life. So I think that's really cool how bread figures in even into the Bible. And, you know, talking about the feeding of the 5,000 with just a few loaves of bread and some fish makes me want to ask you a question. Do you ever feel like you are not enough and that what you do have or what you can do is not enough to really make a difference. Do you ever feel that sense of inadequacy or an insecurity? You know, I think everyone goes through that at times. But this is a wonderful story from the Bible that is going to address that. And I think you're going to find it encouraging. So this story is found in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it is the feeding of the 5,000. And I want to read a little bit from John 6. It says, Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, one of his disciples, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, Well, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Now, the disciples here, 
Jesus has been ministering all day long, and they are tired. They are exhausted, and he's exhausted. And so when they're asked to feed the people, because they're like, hey, Jesus, we need to send these people away. Some of the versions say, we need to send these people away, like they need to go to you know, McDonald's or Chick-fil-A and get some food. No, not really. That's, that's my version. But um, they're saying, send them away. We can't feed all these people. And when Jesus says, you go, you go feed them. He says in one version of the story, go and see what you have. And so they go and they find this one boy. Now this blows my mind out of all these people. Only one family thought to pack a lunch? This is crazy. This boy had five loaves and two fish. That's it. Out of over 5,000 people, nobody packed a picnic lunch at all. I just, no juice boxes, nothing. That blows my mind. But here's this boy with five loaves and two fish. Now, is that enough to feed 100 people, let alone 5,000, plus all the women and the children? Why they didn't count the women and the children in the number, I do not know. I don't want to read anything into that. They just didn't. It was just one of those cultural weird things they did or didn't do. But a few loaves and two fish, that's not going to be enough to feed even a hundred people. But what Jesus does in this story is when you take all four versions and put them together, he gives thanks. And when the disciples distribute the food, they find they have 12 baskets of leftovers, 12 baskets Now, this clearly was a miracle because there's no way that you could feed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. But all Jesus did was he took it, he looked up, he gave thanks, and then the disciples distributed it and they had all these leftovers and Jesus was teaching them a lesson, I think, because of the 12 baskets denoting the 12 disciples. And he does a miracle like this later too, and I think it's over 7,000 people. So this is the first time that it happens. So what can we learn from this story? Well, number one, trust God to do what only he can do. None of the disciples could feed 5,000 people, which is why they told Jesus, tell them to go get some food. And Jesus told them, you feed them. And then they complained that that would take eight months worth of wages, eight months. He said, well, go and see what you have, even though he was just testing their faith because he already had the solution. He knew what he was going to do. He was the only one there who could feed so many people with so little. He just wanted them to trust him. So one, trust God to do what only he can do. Two, give Jesus what you do have. This little boy was surprisingly unselfish and unwillingly gave, unwillingly? No, willingly, gave his lunch over to Jesus. And while Jesus could have produced the food out of thin air just by speaking because he is God after all, he chose to include this little boy as an example to all there of what can happen when we willingly offer to Jesus what we do have and all that we are. Priscilla Shire has some good talks on this. If you look on YouTube, you can just look them up. She is wonderful, but the way she expresses it, I love it. So number two, give Jesus what you do have. What talents and gifts has God given you? What resources of time, money, and other things has God entrusted you with? Because everything we have, y'all, comes from Him. He's the one who gave us the talents and the gifts. Are you regularly offering these to Jesus and trusting Him to use you as He works miracles daily? Now, as a friend of mine once said jokingly when she was asked to do something, she said, well, I'm not very capable, but I am available. 
And I just love that because she actually is very capable. But the point is being available. Let Jesus have what you do have and trust him to do what only he can do. So not only can we learn to trust God to do what only he can do, not only can we give Jesus what we do have, but number three, we can rejoice that in Christ, you're not enough becomes more than enough. You know, it's really popular right now to have these statements, I am enough. But I think we're just, the focus is getting wrong here. We are not enough. (laughs) We really aren't. Um, In this situation, the little boy, the disciples, and all the people there that day did not have enough in that situation. And life is going to throw you all kinds of situations where you were just not enough and you don't have enough, but you don't need to panic because look to what that little boy did. He gave what he had to Jesus and Jesus took it and multiplied it. And he took five loaves of bread and two fish and he fed over 5,000 people plus men, 5,000 men plus women and children. So the little boy's not enough was not a problem. We don't need to be afraid of those situations when we just don't have enough or we are not enough because when you unite yourself with Jesus, who is completely unlimited, then what you give to him, he multiplies until it is more than enough. And not only did the people have enough to eat that day, but again, the disciples collected 12 baskets of leftovers. So Jesus made it more than enough. Remember when Jesus told the disciples, you go and feed them? He was waiting for them to realize and admit that not only did they not have enough, because they had nothing, it was a little boy that came through, but that through dependence on Jesus, their nothing could become something. And what was not enough became more than enough because of Jesus. Now there's some wonderful verses I love. When you're feeling like you're not enough, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5 says, Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. And Philippians 4.13 promises, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, the caveat there is you can do all things Christ is calling you to do and that are his will. If it's not his will, then he doesn't make a promise to give you what you need to do something that is not his will. And you wouldn't want him to, really, when you think about it. So I like that caveat there. In Christ, you're not enough can become more than enough when you do these three things. One, trust God, not others or yourself, to do what only he can do. Two, give Jesus what you do have and trust him to do great things with it. Three, rejoice that in Christ, you're not enough becomes more than enough. You know, it's wonderfully freeing to realize that God doesn't expect you to do anything other than trust Him and give Him all that you are and have, expecting Him to take your not enough and make it more than enough. I want to close with the verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.24, where Paul says, or God says through Paul, Faithful is He who calls you, and He will do it. Know for certain that God will never ask you to do anything that he cannot do in and through you. What a glorious assurance we have in that truth. We simply trust and offer all to him and wait expectantly on what he will do with it. A Christian singer named Keith Green had a song called, He'll Take Care of the Rest. 
And one of my favorite parts of the lyrics were, or was, just keep doing your best, pray that it's blessed, Jesus takes care of the rest. It's so simple. Just keep doing your best, pray that it's blessed, and Jesus takes care of the rest. You know, if you've never put your trust in God and what he's done for you through Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross for you, read the book of John and learn more about this gift of a relationship with Jesus that you can start enjoying today. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If this podcast encourages you, tell a friend to tune in on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcast, and more. Until next time, this is Serendipity Girl saying, Abiento, see you soon, and have a serendipitous day.